Hey everybody and welcome back to the third episode of Under a Rug Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Beverage, joined by your other host, Charla. That's me. Oh, we're here to learn about some news. Well, maybe not you, but but me definitely. I'm going to learn about some things probably that I didn't know about, and Charles is going to inform me of them, and I am going to give her my opinions, which are, you know, solely my own and that of no one else. I mean, my opinions are my own as well, but, like, I think they're shared by a great many people, <laughs> if we're being entirely honest. <laughs> fair, fair. So what do we what do we got to start the show off this week, Charlotte? We are starting off with something that makes me feel really, really weird: being proud of a Republican. Oh. Yes. Okay. We are slightly political on our first one. All right. I know you want to avoid too political. Yeah, that's fine. But this guy is a fucking crackpot. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's hear it. Florida, naturally. Florida man again. <laughs> so our headline: Florida politician cuts off man who associates LGBTQ people with pedophiles. Yeah, nice title, right? So, Greg Pound was testifying before the Florida House Appropriations Committee, which was debating over a state voucher program that provides scholarships for students to attend private schools. The program has come under scrutiny lately because of an Orlando Sentinel investigation that found scholarship money going to schools with anti-LGBTQ policies. Just a real quick question on the alphabet here, Pound said, as documented in a video from the news service Storyful. The L is for lesbians, the G is for gay, B is for bisexual, T is for transgender, Q is for queer, and then P would be for pedophile. Now let me ask you this, where do these people get their children? The committee chair, Republican Rep Travis Cummings, quickly responded, your testimony is ended. When Pound asked on what grounds Cummings was facing his decision, Cummings said, on what grounds? What's come out of your mouth? It's offensive. He then had the sergeant at arms remove him. Wow. First of all, like, I'm gonna sound maybe, like, super ignorant here. Where did... Where did this pee come from? This crackpot's head. Oh, okay. So I'm not missing something here. Absolutely not. Where P was added to the to the string of letters as something else. This person just added it and then was like, it means pedophile. And it's like, but, but why? What? Yeah. What? Apparently this man is well known to the House Appropriations Committee. Okay. Because he has conspiracy theories on everything he is a frequent commenter in their committee like he just shows up doesn't matter what the hell they're talking about he has an opinion on it and it is fucking insane (laughs) ah yeah ah i see the the good old we're talking about stop signs yeah but stop signs that's the way to the to the devil you know like red and round and that's like the circle of hell right there why do you put stop signs anywhere sorry i need to stop you do you think stop signs are round yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I'm, I'm imitating him, you know? It's like... Okay. Circular okay. in shape, right? Fine. I, They're for, octagons. We know this. For a second, I thought you were like, yeah, no, no, around. No, no. no. Not, <laughs> I not, like, not, not I. Here? Not I, Mr. B. I do not think that stop signs are around. I was imitating this crackpot person. Could you imagine... With your weird theory. Could you I, and you stopped me about stop signs being round, but not all of the other gibberish I was spouting. Like, I thought we had been together for eleven years, and I suddenly found out that you thought that stop signs were round. Like, like, I okay. So, dear listener, just so that we're clear, she's okay with all that other crap. I'm but not if okay stop with stop signs are round. That's the line. That's where the line is drawn in the sand. Anyway, back to the story. Yes. This guy is just 
batshit insane. It appears that way. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I don't know how. Okay. So I'm a I'm a I'm a big supporter of mm. the LGBTQ community. They've been fighting forever, right, for the rights that they deserve, right? And you know, however I can help them, I will always because I believe that we're all just people. We're all just people, regardless of you know what it is that defines us. And you know, it sucks. That there's people out there like this guy that exists that that put out this weird random fucking thing that, you know, just adds to the hate that already exists. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that there's a ton of people out there that think LGBTQ people are pedophiles. But now there might be. Because this guy has, you know, spouted this nonsense. And I mean, maybe he got this from another group that already was thinking this, but they weren't as well known or heard. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I would say. That there's probably like groups, small groups oh, of yeah. people who yeah. really truly believe this. And yeah. they're like, that's exactly what they are. Now, of course, pedophilia is treated very different in North America than in, say, Europe, where it's actually considered like a mental illness. Mm. And you can get therapy and get help to not act on those urges. Right. Whereas in America, it's, it's just like, immediately like... Straight to jail. It, well, there's there's no real support systems to help them get that <laughs> help before I mean. they do something. That's what I mean, so yeah. they do end up... Well, they sometimes they end up in jail. They don't Man, always end up in that jail. That is true. That's true. But well, yeah. what I mean is like they don't support them. And then when they do break that law, right... They yell at them and say they're awful human beings. Well, they, they and... treat them as dirt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Did we just turn into defending... Okay, I'm... No, we're not defending pedophiles. <laughs> no, but we're saying that, like, it is a mental illness, which it is. I, I think that... I think that a support structure for people who have these types of urges needs to exist. So I'm very European in that mentality. Right? Yeah, Canada should just, like, break off and join Europe. I mean, we're part of the Commonwealth, (laughs) technically. Let's stop talking about pedophiles. Yeah. What's next? We'll go to something more fun. Okay. So, if you're the type of person who only visits Costco to enjoy the infamous food court deals, you'll soon need a membership to get your cheap hot dog fix. Costco stores in the U.S. are set to enforce a members-only ban at its food courts starting in March, a rule that millions have seemingly ignored for years. A Costco spokesperson told CNN that buying items from the food court has always required a membership, but not all stores have enforced the policy. CTV News contacted several Costco stores in the greater Toronto area regarding the membership requirements for accessing the food court. Each store noted that while a membership is technically required to enter the store, non-members are able to access the food court without issue. But outrage over the company's decision to bar non-members from its U.S. food courts has sparked heated debate in social media. While some members argue that it's unfair non-members have taken advantage of a membership perk by using the food court, non-members argue everyone should be welcome. I have always said, why do non-members get to wiggle their way through the exit to go get cheap food? As paying members, we're the reason the price of the food court is low, wrote one Instagram user. Another commented, do not agree with this. Not everyone can afford the membership fee, but knowing there is a meal available for $1.50 can be a lifesaver for someone. Social media users in Mexico have also reported seeing signs regarding the food court in their local stores, but there is yet to be a report of this happening in Canada. Okay, so I have, I have... A mixed bag of opinions on this. Mm-hmm. And that is the food court in the Costco's is in fact something that has always required you to have a membership. Mm-hmm. Always. If people are disregarding that requirement 
and they're not enforcing it, then fine. Whatever, right? If you've become accustomed to getting your $1.50 meal, mm-hmm. right, uh, because you can't afford something more or whatever, and you can't afford a membership, fine, right? I mean, that, you know, sucks if they're going to start enforcing this now. But at the same time, I see where Costco and its paying members are coming from. As a paying member of Costco myself, right, the food court is something that I enjoy because I know it's part of my membership program, right? Mm -hmm. Do I need to go to it to live? No, absolutely not. Can Costco look at maybe making a non-membership food court pass and charge, you know, $10 a year to allow these people to access the food court? Absolutely. That's a brilliant idea. This is what I'm saying, is Costco could literally tap into these people for $10 a year. And yeah, it's, you know, you think $10 a year, that's dirt cheap. Absolutely. But those people that are coming in to get that $1.50 meal, like that person said, it's a lifesaver sometimes to some people because they can't afford more and they get a full meal for $1.50. $10 a year is not that much for a pass that will allow you to get a $1.50 meal, right? And yeah, maybe $10 is too much for some people, but, you know, it's not unreasonable to ask that, especially if the reason your meals in the food court are so cheap is because you're essentially using the membership, like, prices that people are paying to fund the food court. Yeah, so even alternatively, they could have, you know, price with a membership, price without a membership, and instead of $1.50, oh, it's $2 now or whatever to get this. Sure. This right? ginormous sure. freaking hot dog. That's an option. <laughs> or, or if they want to avoid all of that entirely, they could say, okay, the food court is members only, except on Sundays. Sundays, you don't need to have a membership to use the food court. Pick one day a week, every week, yeah, where you don't have to have a membership to come eat. I just see it for the bigger picture that it is, which is a goddamn war on the poor. Well, <laughs> I mean, and this is where I say, like, I have a mixed bag of, of, of feelings and opinions on this is right because because we're a Costco member I understand where people are coming from and saying like hey we're the ones making that food cheap why should non-members be reaping that benefit right I I mean part of me gets that because I am a paying member of Costco since you pay for our membership I never have how much is our membership it's it's more than most people would be paying because I pay for the premium okay Right? Like, I don't pay for the basic one. I pay for the executive one. But that's just because we can. And again, that folds into the larger issue here. It is, it is specifically America that this is happening in right now. Correct. It's just continued. But, but the question is, is <laughs> does Costco exist outside of America? Absolutely. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Costco is worldwide. Is it? Yes. And do they We have, have a friend yes. whose parents, wherever they travel in the world, find a Costco. <laughs> right. But my point is, is that are the Costcos in other parts of the world enforcing this rule to use their food court? Or do they even have a food court? Well, see, that's what this sounds like. It sounds like right now it's only in the U.S. It might be in Mexico because we have some social media right, users yeah. who are yeah. saying it is. But so far, it's not in Canada. Right, right. But, but my point is, is that like... Is the food court in Costco only a thing that's in North America? Like, do the food courts exist in all the other Costcos around the world? I don't know. We haven't done enough research to tell that. I imagine they would because that's like a standard Costco setup. You would think so, but we don't know, right? And we also don't know, like, 
the the Costco's around the world may have been enforcing this membership rule the whole time. And so that's why they don't have this problem coming up because they don't have people who are used to getting a $1.50 meal without a membership. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't know that, those details. I know that they have the food courts in, I believe it was Japan Costco's. Right, right. But what I'm getting at is that if a membership is required to eat in the in the food court, that's not an American thing with the membership. No, but it's America who's choosing to enforce it right now. Fine. But, but my point is we don't know if the other nations around the world have already been enforcing it. That's and, fair. CTV right? didn't call them. That's what I'm saying. Is they didn't call them, we don't have that information. It's possible that they've been enforcing the rule forever. And that's why it's not an issue to them because no one's been expecting to get... like. And, and this is another thing. is like where it's like they're saying like the $1.50 meal can be a lifesaver. Yeah, well, I mean like... That $1.50 meal might not, like, okay, Costco gets rid of the food court. Now what do you do? Right? To fight this problem, Costco just gets rid of the food court entirely. Now what? Right? Are you going to blame, are you going to yell at Costco for getting rid of their food court and removing your $1.50 meal? Well, they got rid of the food court because it was no longer cost effective for them. Right? The problem with capitalist culture is that there's a bottom line everywhere. Right? There's a bottom line everywhere. And, and... Companies are not going to run things that are going to lose them money because that's just not how companies do things, unfortunately, right? They don't do things out of the goodness of their hearts most of the time. E even look at some of the companies out there that do good things every now and then on social media or, you know, uh, treat things with respect and stuff. If you look at all of their other business practices, that one good thing doesn't necessarily outweigh all the other things they've done. On that note... I personally hate the companies that go, we're raising money for this recent disaster and we're going to match the money that you donate because guess what? That money that you donated to that company to give to something else, they're getting the tax write-off for that. Correct. They're also being super stingy. Yeah. Like a company that brings in a couple million dollars a day can spend more than $50,000 helping someone like... This is obviously a hot topic oh. item for the two of us. And maybe we need to do a separate podcast specifically just around this without news. If you're a regular viewer of Steve when he's playing games or doing magic stuff live, I uh, I pop into the room and Steve says it's time for Charla's opinion. No, it, it's... <laughs> oh, here comes strong opinion, Charla. Strong opinion, Charla. Yeah. That's me. So, but my point is, is we're way off topic of what the news article yes. was now. So let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on because we could talk about that Forever. separately for a lot longer. And we're already, you know, 17 minutes in. Jesus, we've only done two articles. Correct. So let's. <laughs> okay. Police found a tote bag labeled bag full of drugs. Guess what was inside? <laughs> I don't know what to expect. <laughs> Florida Highway Patrol troopers Florida again? Yes. Okay. Bagged two alleged drug traffickers during a traffic stop after they discovered a tote emblazoned with the text bag full of drugs, which incredibly contained drugs. <laughs> In a tweet on February 2nd, a spokesperson for the Florida Highway Patrol said troopers conducted a traffic stop for unlawful speed on Interstate 10 in northern Florida and arrested two alleged drug traffickers after they found their not-so-inconspicuous drug paraphernalia. The tweet was accompanied by a photo of a small canvas tote labeled 
bag full of drugs, and seven plastic baggies of what appeared to be narcotics. The spokesperson said troopers seized meth, cocaine, MDMA, fentanyl, and GHB, which is also known as the date rape drug. The Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office, which assisted in the arrest, offered a word of advice on Facebook to other would-be drug traffickers. Note to self, do not traffic your illegal narcotics in bags labeled bag full of drugs. Our canines can read. <laughs> I mean, like, there's nothing for us to say about this article other than the fact that what it, what what I just found it like so like what why, you serious? A bag full of drugs was full of a drugs. <laughs> like what? You, like it's it's one of those things. that's like these guys who were like thought they were being funny or clever or whatever. Ah, we'll never get pulled over by the police. It's fine. We look super well, fine, right? Oh, we were speeding. Shit. <laughs> oh, they found the bag called bag full of drugs. Well, guess I, we're going to jail. I just wonder if, like, they were so stupid they had to label the bag full of drugs with drugs, otherwise they would lose it. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe at their house or their pickup, wherever they got this bag from, there was a whole bunch of identical totes. And they had to label it bag full of drugs so that they would know. Not label your drugs so other people don't take them. I bet you they <laughs> at their house they have a bag called bag full of cash. And another one called bag, bag full, full of, of guns. Un- bag full of underwear. <laughs> like they, they have to label them all, right? Because otherwise they don't know which one is which. Fair. Keep bag, those bags separate, yo. Bag for groceries. <laughs> because they're all the same totes, right? I'm going to make that bag. Bag of groceries. Bag for groceries. All right, all right. Let's move on to the next one. That was a very short and sweet one. Very hilarious, though. Man who swam to U.S. from Canada to deliver books is released from custody. What? Wait. What? Man- okay, let's, let's read the article. It doesn't make it. The title is very strange. Okay, yes? A man who said he swam across the Detroit River from Canada to try to deliver handmade books before Christmas won his release after two months in U.S. custody. Christopher Sagagillo. 56, was arrested in December after crossing the river in a wetsuit and landing at a steel company's property on Zug Island, just south of Detroit. U.S. District Judge Linda Parker sentenced Sigillo to time served, clearing his return to St. Catharines, Ontario, where the British native is a permanent Canadian resident. He is not a dangerous individual, defense attorney Benton Martin said. Christopher declined to speak in court, but he explained in a letter why he chose a risky way to get to the U.S., He was desperate after being turned away days earlier at the border in Niagara Falls, New York. U.S. authorities said he was ineligible because he had been deported to the United Kingdom in 2010 after overstaying a visit by seven years. He had followed his religious faith and made books in silk bags. Four of the recipients were in the United States, and I believed they needed to be delivered before Christmas. I believed I needed to swim across. I felt that if I did not do what was, I believe, required of me, that something terrible would happen to me in the future, he wrote. Assistant U.S. Attorney Susan Fairchild said the government had no objection to returning him to Canada after weeks in custody. Okay, well, I mean, like, that. okay, this is, there's, there's a lot going on in this story. Um, I have many questions. I don't know if any of them will be answered. First of all, uh, why was he deported? I mean, like, it says why he was deported back to the UK in 2010. But, like, he's a permanent resident of Canada now. Yeah. It's only ten years later. 
Yeah. Right? So, like, I, I don't, I'm not sure, like, why did he not, like, try to get his citizenship before 2010 if he was already here by seven years? He was deported right? from the U.S. in 2010. Oh, from the U.S.? Yes. Yeah, but I'm assuming that's because he was living in Canada. Oh, no, he was living in the States, I guess, at that point. Yeah. Because he'd overstayed his stay in the States by seven years. Yeah. Weird. This is super strange. So now, anyway, so now he lives in St. Catharines, Ontario. Yes. Right? And he's a permanent resident of Canada now. Yes. Right? Fine. He's he's making handmade books? Handmade books in silk bags. What is... What? Why do they have to be in silk bags? I don't get it. Because of his religious faith, which they neglect to mention what it is. And, you know religion make some people go insane well so this is where i'm getting at so then the next question i have is he swam across the river in december in december with books did he have them in like a waterproof bag maybe he was in a wetsuit yeah and i'm like i'm sorry a wetsuit in that river in december is not gonna keep you warm it'll be freaking cold like, how did this guy not die to death yeah, and die. die? Like, Yeah, and he's 56, too. I, I mean, there's a lot of 56-year-olds that are in really good shape 56, and shit, but like... 56? Now that's all I can think about. <sighs> Sorry, I had, to, I, I had to do it. It's there. My brain is wired to future... My, 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 my apologies, everyone. Um... This is like a weird, it's a really weird one. I mean, like, it sounds like what he was trying to do was a nice gesture to the people who d- who needed these books. Yeah. Right? And, like, for some reason he thought he needed to deliver them by hand, I guess, because he figured the mail system wouldn't get them there in time. So about that, he says, I believed they needed to be delivered before Christmas. Yeah, he doesn't even know. So that's not like a, I had to get them there yeah, before yeah. Christmas. That was a... I think they need to be there before Christmas. Yeah. And admittedly, as a handmade seller, I do have people who are like, I need this here as soon as possible. Right, right. Can you bring it to me? Because it's for a gift or whatever. <laughs> or whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I get that. Like, it just, it just seems strange. It's very strange. There's a lot. That's why I said there's like a lot of things going on here and a lot of things that I had questions about. I don't think many of them are answered. Like, for instance, you know, what you know what drove like he he think he felt that he had to do this because he believed it was required and that if he didn't something terrible would happen to him in the future so like that's weird yeah because the terrible thing that happened to him in the future was being arrested by u.s border patrol and then (laughs) held in custody for For two months two months yeah which is before having to come back to canada in the winter in the winter in the winter (laughs) like super and like so the other question you got to ask yourself is that like overstayed his his welcome in the US by 7 years. Is this just some giant hoax that he would, you know, I had these books that were handmade in silk bags. They were for people in the states and that's why I swam across the river. Or was he just trying to enter the states illegally to stay there? <laughs> I don't know. Obviously he was let in once. Right. Either way. And I mean He's British, and he needed things to be there before Christmas. So according to some people, he's the right kind of immigrant. So, like, what happened to this guy? 
either way, he entered the states illegally. This time, yeah. Regardless. This time, yes. Like, regardless of why or what the reason was, he did it illegally and they caught him. He went to jail. That's exactly what should happen. Yep. And then got deported back to Canada where he's a permanent residence. Fine. I don't know what's up with this dude. It sounds like maybe he was trying to do something nice, but at the same time, it sounds really out there and strange. Yeah. So, like, it could be just, like, a story that he told them... To make it look like he wasn't trying to enter the states illegally, right? Like, who knows? Anyway, weird story, weird dude, books in silk bags. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know either. Some sort of religion thing. Who knows? Yeah. Let's move on to the next story. The next story is also about something illegally entering the U.S. Okay. Human brain found in Canada post truck crossing into the U.S. What? Most people want to share their hearts on Valentine's Day, but one decided to send a brain by post. On February 14th, U.S. Customs and Border Protection stopped a Canada Post truck as it was crossing the border into Port Huron. Sending the truck to the centralized examination station in Marysville, a routine check flagged a shipment listed as an antique teaching specimen as suspicious. Turns out... It was a human brain in a jar, without any documentation or paperwork. Chris Grogan, public affairs officer with the Border Patrol, confirmed to Global News that it was a Canada Post truck that contained the specimen. Information received from Canada Post was a little less clear. We cannot confirm whether the vehicle transporting the item was carrying Canada Post product without the specific trailer number of the vehicle. Cop out. According to the Border Patrol, the brain, which was shipped inside a glass mason jar, originated in Toronto and was on its way to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Individuals looking to import shipments such as this need to remember that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has a strict import permit program that must be adhered to. This is just another great example of one of the many things Border Patrol officers do to protect our nation on a daily basis. Last May, officers found five jars of ancient mummy linens bound for Michigan. So it's not the first time they found something weird. This is it's super strange. Who ships a brain in a jar? I mean, like, obviously this is going to, like, someone who's planning to use it as, like... like a teaching specimen. Like, e- well, either a teaching specimen or, like, as a conversation piece in their, you know, living room or whatever. Like, there are people out there that like that kind of stuff. Right? Yes. Like, have the, the jars of, like, you know... Uh, preserved things well i mean the british used to bring home mummies and display them in their living rooms and take little snacks of them so i mean (laughs) there's a history of this (laughs) take little snacks of them you've never heard this this is something different that we'll have to discuss later okay we're gonna have a new podcast where charla teaches steve history apparently i've never heard of them eating mummies okay so as a Former, Are we going to go off topic here? No, as a former almost Canada Post employee, I do understand the regulations that are required to like transport this across the border because oh, I yes. have had people who were sending human remains Correct. to another country. Correct. It's not that difficult of paperwork. Right. You don't pay an extra fee. Yeah. It's just more work. It's you just have paperwork. to have documentation of where it came from and on the outside of the box. Right. What is it? Here's where I'm sending it. Right. Here's why. But So, like, that documentation may not have existed because the person didn't know where it came from, maybe? Yeah, there's no report of, like, how old this brain was, either. Like, they say antique teaching specimen. Yeah. But, like, is it antique, like, 
50 years ago or is it antique like 150 years ago or is it antique like you know last week yeah antique in air quotes <laughs> in air quotes air quoted antiques yeah um yeah and not just that but like i also noticed that like they didn't really mention anything about who it was from or where it was going so like i'm assuming they have to do some investigation like now that they found it and it was trying to go there they have to like i'm assuming they quarantine the product yeah right and then do they ship it back to the person who sent it or do they like hold on to it and de- tell them to come pick um, it up or like what's the deal border patrol will sometimes just destroy things right okay and sometimes they do get shipped back and then you have to pay for the postage that came back to you Right. So that's what I'm curious. Like, this article has nothing about what happened with this brain. Yeah. Right? So, like, did they just destroy it? I don't know. But here's my thoughts on, like, where it might have come from. So it's coming from Toronto. Yes. There are a number of research facilities and universities in Toronto. Correct. It was on its way to Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure there's a university in Kenosha now. A University of Wisconsin. I may be wrong. I'm not up to date on my U.S. universities, because why would I be? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure that area would have a university or something, some kind of school, something where they're like sending it back and forth. So this could just be like an honest, innocent research mistake, or it could be something really creepy and weird. And weird. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, I think that we, I want, I want more information. Like about. So do I. This was the only article I could find about it. Like I would want more information about this so that I could figure out what the heck was going on, right? Like, I mean, it sounds like it could have been for research, like you said, like for university or something, but it could also have just been, like, someone who's, like, really into, like, preserved body parts. Like, there are people out there that are into, like, all that kind of, like, gothic motif stuff, right? I so, mean, like, we have friends who collect jawbones of things. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's, like, so, like, it's not a, it's not necessarily weird in the sense that, like, someone might just want to, to display it, right? And they bought it because they found it on, so you know, like maybe it was, like, found on eBay or whatever, right? I put it on Etsy. I made it myself. <laughs> oh, go, dear. <laughs> Homemade brain in a jar. Come and get in where they're hot. I've only got two. Why do you have two? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, Jesus. I mean, it's probably like a psychology professor or something. Yeah, who knows? I'm going to put this in my office. Yeah, maybe. Could yeah. be. Right? You'd have no idea, right? No. And that's what's so weird about it. That's what I mean. It's like, it's, it's, it's missing just a key piece of information about like, did they find out what the origin of it was? Like where it came from or why? Right? Like, did they find out any of that information? We And we may never know. They yeah. may never release that information. So, like... So, like, here's also the problem, is that news moves so fast now that by, like, three hours later, no one would be thinking about this brain that was found anymore. They'd yep. be on to the next horrible thing that's happened. That's true. So, like, I'll never get a follow-up. That's right. We're just all left to sit here and We're it. all left to stew. Stew and imagine. Come up with your crazy theories. Leave comments below. Yes. Where do you think the brain came from? Or where it was going to. Why? Yeah, I want to know. I want to hear all the crazy theories. All right. The crazier the better. What's next? I assume we have more. We do. Okay. A swarm of nearly 40,000 bees attacked police responding to a single bee sting report. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what? 
Okay, yes. So this happened on February... Well, the article's from February 22nd. Okay. A group of firefighters and police that were responding to a bee sting were attacked by a swarm of nearly 40,000 Africanized bees. Three of the first responders were rushed to the hospital while the others quickly shut down the block. I've been with the fire department 18 years now and responded to several bee incidents, Pasadena Fire Department Public Information Officer Lisa Dordirian told CNN, but never to this magnitude. The bees stung seven people in total, but two of them didn't go to the hospital, the authorities said. No one got it worse than the first firefighter who arrived. The bees stung him 17 times. That led the group to realize that the swarm of bees covered the entire block. The bees were very aggressive. Somebody could have had an allergic reaction and it would have been serious or fatal. Firefighters and a professional beekeeper climbed a ladder to remove the hive, which was on the roof of a four-story Hampton Inn. They then sprayed the bees with CO2 and foam extinguishers. Some of the bees were killed, while others left the area when the sun went down. The beekeeper safely removed the hive so that the bees could not return. We're, we're from a different area, right? You and I are from a different... We're in Ontario. Our bees are not Africanized. I have never, before this moment, heard of someone calling the police because of a bee sting. I have heard a lot of emergency calls for stupid things but that's because i follow that kind of thing <laughs> but but you know what i mean like i mean like i've never heard of a of a report like this where like a bunch of officers responded to a bee sting yeah that's the part that kind of i'm we is weird they actually responded to a bee sting right like well i get it right like if, if someone had a really bad bee sting and they were having an allergic reaction, you call emergency yes, response. Yes, absolutely. Right? Okay, and, and they bring someone out. But why are you bringing out police and firefighters and most likely EMTs, right? Yeah, like what prompted it? it can't Like it can't be that single bee sting. Well, that's what I'm saying. And right? how do you know that that bee is Africanized when it stings you? I have no idea. I'm sure there's someone out there that can tell us. Yes. Someone who knows more about bees, please tell us what this means. <laughs> but, like, the thing for me is, like, why, why? I mean, I get it. They found that that's, this whole block was covered in these bees that were very aggressive and stuff. Yeah. Right? But, like, there's a few things there. The first thing is, why did we respond in such massive numbers to, like, the report of a single bee sting? Not only that, what made the bees aggressive, this aggressive in the first place? Like, you found the hive on an inn four stories up, mm -hmm. right? And, and, but you said that bees were covering the whole block. So, like, why were they defending this? Because there's 40,000 of them. Right, right, right. But what, my point is, is, like, I know that Africanized bees can be more aggressive, mm -hmm. right, than other bees, but, like, what stirred them up to make them essentially attack people on the block? Because obviously something must have happened to the hive that made them agitated. Yeah, right? Cause, probably. Because a hive that big wouldn't just crop up instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It had to come from somewhere or something like that, right? Um, so I do wonder, since it was firefighters and cops and all of that, I do wonder if it was one of those calls where you're not really sure what's going on, so you just send everyone. You just send everyone. You know how sometimes there's those calls where you're like, why are there police here? Why are there firefighters here? Like someone tripped and skinned their knee and, and it's difficult for them to get up. Like They weren't busy. 
Apparently Pasadena is a nice town to live in. <laughs> they weren't they weren't busy with other things. Holy shit, a call came in. Send everyone. <laughs> I mean like I don't know this it's I I don't think there's much more to talk about this article really. Um it's that's a crazy story. Like I mean the fact that one of their firefighters got stung 17 times is pretty ridiculous mm-hmm. but i mean that sounds about right for an agitated aggressive bee hive right like of forty thousand. yeah yeah that's what i mean so like 17 times is you know when you he think kind of got it, off lucky yeah when you think about it in the grand scheme of things that's not that many stings yeah and they based said on how many bees there were there were seven people stung in total and two of them didn't even go to the hospital right yeah and i mean it sounds like nobody died which is good Right? This is, this is, if someone had an allergic reaction, it could yeah. have been serious or fatal, right? So it sounds like that didn't happen, which is good. That means that nobody got hurt severely, mm-hmm. right? Which is good. But, like, at the same time, it just it seems like a ridiculous, like, way to respond to a beehive. It sounds like a huge overreaction to a single bee sting. Yes. And then you get there and you realize what the fuck is going on and you go, oh, shit, we need way more people. Yeah, but, like, it also sounds like... Like, the firefighters responded first, because the first guy that got there got 17 stings. Is that what made it escalate? Do you know what I mean? Maybe. It's possible that that's what happened. Like, it could have been that the firefighters responded to treat the person who got stung, and then the first responder got stung 17 times, and they were like, oh shit, we need more. Yeah, because I do believe that most firefighters do get, like, at least a basic first aid training. Yes, of course they do. Yeah. Yes, of course they do. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That just seems... It seems like a... Like this weird, like you shut down an entire block and there's sirens everywhere and all these cops and fire fire, fire trucks everywhere. And then people are like, what's going on? Ah, oh, there's a beehive down the street. It sounds like the beginning of one of those really like over the top animal thriller so like, horror I guess movies. The, the question that I have. Like Lake Placid for alligators. <laughs> sure, sure. The, the, the question I have is, did they make that beekeeper an honorary like cop for the day? Because he was arresting the bees. I mean, I find it much cooler to be a beekeeper than a cop, but... But you know what I mean? Like, they give him, like, a sweet beekeeper suit that's, like, you know, uh, like a blue, blue, like a nice... A one that's, like, designed. Yeah, like, it's like a cop. (laughs) Like a cop uniform, but it's a beekeeper uniform. But it's a beekeeper uniform. (laughs) And they're like, here, you have to put this on because you're here representing us today. Uh, okay. Like, the beekeeper's just like, what, what, what? Okay, fine. That would be hilarious. Sounds like they got him out there pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. Well, most beekeepers are pretty quick to respond to that kind of stuff, especially if there's like a big hive. It's because they love the bees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't want people to get hurt, but they also don't want the bees to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Some of these bees were killed. Well, yeah. But I mean, they were Africanized, which is like the bad kind of bee. Yeah. I don't know if Africanized bees are helpful in any way. I don't have no idea. Because, you know, there's, like, certain bees that are good for certain things. And, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Cops were so baffled by crime, they had to tweet about it. A man in South Brunswick, New Jersey, who attempted to pay his charges at a gas station with a fake $100 bill was promptly caught. Police were called once the gas station clerk realized the trick the man had pulled off, and the South Brunswick Police Department even posted a photo of the phony bill on Twitter. This is the caption. Seriously. This is the fake $100 bill a suspect passed at a local gas station. Detectives tracked down the 20-year-old Montgomery man who admitted he was surprised the clerk took the money labeled for motion picture use only. Hashtag fake money. For motion picture use only is emblazoned on both the front and the back of the bill 
According to law enforcement, the 20-year-old man was eventually tracked down. The suspect allegedly admitted that he himself was surprised the ploy almost worked. It's unclear, as of now, whether the suspect will be charged with anything. Forgery of currency is both a federal and state offense. In New Jersey, paying with fake money can be deemed a third-degree forgery, which can be punishable by up to five years in prison and or a $500 fine. I mean, it's kind of on the clerk here, right? Yeah. That that bill sounds real fake. Real, real fake. Yeah, I don't have a picture for you, obviously. This yes. is a podcast. Yeah. But, like, it is big on both sides of the bill. Like, right. it is very obvious. Yeah. And the funny thing, too, about that, right, is it's like, the guy handed it to them, and the clerk said nothing, and he's just like, uh, okay... <laughs> You're just going to take this. All right. All right. I guess I'll just go then. Like I've had. Okay. Our area frequently has problems with forged fives and tens before we got the new plastic bills to the point that I would go and pay at restaurants and clerks would hand it back to me because they thought it was fake. They're just like every five and ten they see is fake. So they just like handed it back to me. (laughs) They're just like better safe than sorry and hand it back. And I'm like. This is a $5 bill. I got it from the bank. <laughs> this, is Canadian, <laughs> this is Canadian currency. You have to take it. Yes. Yes, I understand that you think it might be fake, but please go and check it then. It's like, I'm giving you $5. What's that in the grand scheme of your day? <laughs> well, no, but it's like, if you think it's fake, you can return it to me. But then then expect me not to pay for my meal because yeah. this is the money I have <laughs> to pay for it with. And if you don't want to take it, that's on you, not on me. Right. And like, it's, it's a real bill. And I understand like, you know, people who have forgeries and stuff, sometimes they're very, very good. And so they can be like, no, like this is real. You have to take it. Right. But the whole point of the way Canadian currency and just currency in most places is designed is it has the things to check, like the, the smaller things that are harder to forge. Right. Yeah. There's a pen for that. Correct. Give it a swipe. Boom. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is like most places that take cash should have these things available, readily available to their clerks to check for fakes. I feel like a big problem is not properly training like yes. younger people Correct. on what a fake bill yes. looks like Correct. when they've only ever seen real bills. Yes. So Absolutely. Like, it's sometimes so minute that you don't really notice. Yeah. So like yeah, yeah. I've for sure. Every place I've ever worked has been like, ah, don't take fake bills. Ah, yes, oh, don't correct, do this. Correct. But yeah, that $5 bill he gave back to me was totally real. And I really wanted that pita. And I really wanted that pita. But I mean, like, so let's talk about the last part of this, this article, right? Where it's like in New Jersey, yeah. right? It can be deemed as third degree forgery, which can be punishable by up to five years in prison or a $500 fine. That's a very drastic range of punishment right for, for third degree forgery five like, years in prison or a 500 hundred dollar fine like so so that's what like if i pay them 200 i only spend three years in jail <laughs> is that how that works i don't think that's like you how get it to works. go half and half will you take fakes it does say and or a 500 hundred dollar fine like so they pay them in yeah they give them five hundred dollars in fake, fake bills. hundreds <laughs> yeah, fake, the fake bills there you go does that increase your punishment to 10 years then only if they catch you uh, that's fair. That's fair. Well, that was a very weird. That was a that was a funny one to end on, because the fact that the police had to tweet out and be like, "Seriously, you didn't notice this until 
after the guy had left and then you called us because what do you do now? Well, I wonder if it was like a really big, scary guy and like some tiny little clerk and they were like, oh my God, if I tell this guy, I'm not going to take his fake money. I'm scared of him. I mean, maybe, but I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, it sounds like that's not the case. Like, I mean, it sounds like it's not the case because the cops, even when they approached the 20 year old guy was like, seriously, he was like, like, yeah, I'm surprised it worked to be honest with you. Like I, I, I didn't expect them to take the money. I expected them yeah. to be like, this is fake. What are you doing? Right. And then I would pay with real money. Like, it, so it sounded like he was jovial about it in the sense of like, you know, I wasn't really expecting it to work, but then they took it and didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I guess. All right. Well, see you later then. All right. Like mm-hmm. I could never do that. I would now. Ne- I'm, I'm one of those people that like, I would hand you the fake bill and then I would have a hard time not snickering about it. Like right in front of you. <laughs> You are a giggly guy. Because it's like, it's like, I hand it to you as a joke, expecting you to look at it and go, I can't take this. And I go, I know, I know. That's just, that's just funny money. And then here's the real money, right? Like pay you. But like, I'm also the kind of person that's like, if I hand it to you as a joke and I started snickering and then you just took it and like processed it, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Take, go take a look at that bill. Look at it. It's not real. It's because you're a lovely, honest man. Well, sure, sure. But you know what I mean? Like, I just, I wouldn't be able to like live with it because they've missed the joke. Right? And I'm like, yeah. no. The joke, you missed it. It was funny, and now it's just become sad. That, Yeah, that is you. <laughs> it's just, it was funny. For you who don't know Steve in real life, that sad. is absolutely what he's like. And I have seen him do that kind of thing where he, like, tries to play the joke and the person doesn't get it. And he stops them and is like, no, this is the joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is the joke. And they're like, oh... Because they're not as smart as him. <laughs> it's not even that. It's like, maybe my joke was just bad. It's possible. It that's, happens. That's the more common <laughs> denominator yeah, of them. <laughs> most of the time, it's just because I have bad jokes. They're just bad. We are way off topic. Do you want to wrap this up? Yeah, we're wrapping it up. We're wrap- well, I mean, this is the last article, so we're good. Yep. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. Charlotte really appreciates it. I hope you all had a good time. I hope you enjoyed our stories and the ridiculousness that ensued. We got way off topic on a number of articles this week. I did not expect this to go this long. Well, there you go. Here we are. Uh, I'm hoping I can cut this episode down to about the 35-minute mark. We'll have to see how it goes. Um, We are at 50 minutes now, so... We'll see. I'll just cut this part out at the end. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. And don't forget to make sure you lift those rocks off your heads from time to time.